I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to get going. Um, Janet, I love you, and I made these for you. The fill in the blanks. Because she loves fill in the blanks, and we always remember things better when we fill in the blank. So that's what I did. Um, I'm actually cheating a little bit today. I'm letting us listen to a prophetic word. Some of these, uh, I've sent this to some of you guys, and some of you have not heard it, and maybe you have heard it, but we need to hear it every day because we need to be reminded of what the Lord is doing in this Kairos moment in the world. It's really easy to get caught up in what the media is telling us, what we're reading on Facebook, what we're hearing from each other. There's rumors galore flying all over, right? I think Chris told me of a rumor that... um, the Hell's Angels were going to Seattle to restore order. Well, come to find out that was a rumor. <laughs> but, you know, they're flying all around, right? And so we need to keep our eyes and our heart fast on, fastened on what the Lord is doing in this time. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go ahead. And, it's kind of long, but you guys are going to love it, and then we'll just get into the teaching, okay? So, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. God, I thank you that we get to be alive during this time. I know that it's scary for people, and... Uh, You're shaking. There's things shaking right now in the world. But Lord, I thank you that we get to be alive and see what you're going to do in this time. We get to see the harvest. We get to see our prodigals come home. We get to see miracles, signs, and wonders, Lord, because you are moving on the earth and we get to partner with you, Lord. So I pray, Father God, that you would keep our hope alive, that you keep our eyes focused on you. We watch for the horizon and not the things right in front of us, but we watch what you're doing, Lord, and that you would do great and mighty things in our midst, God. Amen. Recently, I received a vision that speaks of five specific events, two that we are already in the middle of, and three events that are to come. In the vision, I was standing on the shoreline of a great ocean. The waves were calm and relatively still as I stood at the water's edge with gentle whispers of wind and soft waves lapping on the sand over my feet. In the vision, I heard the Lord say, keep watch on the horizon. My eyes remained fixed on the horizon, which was unchanged for a time. But then suddenly I began to feel a violent shaking beneath the ground that I was standing on. And then the waters began to recede rapidly at my feet. I was shaken, but did not lose my footing through this. As the waters receded, it felt like a mighty suction, like a strong vacuum sucking up the waters and sand all around me. Surprised, I looked down and immediately recognized that this was a sign of an incoming tsunami. I heard his voice again, stand still, keep watch on the horizon. I felt no fear or sense of unease, but rather I felt excited anticipation. I glanced again at my feet as I couldn't help but feel that the waters had been drawn back so drastically that there was no residue of moisture left and I could no longer feel the sand, but instead I felt bedrock beneath where I stood. I then noticed different sand crabs and other bottom feeders began to emerge out of their underground burrows and scurry away in a quick and terrified movement. I then heard his voice a third time say, stand still, keep watch on the horizon. My eyes adjusted again to the horizon, but still I did not see anything. However, I heard something, a new sound I wasn't familiar with, a thunderous roar so loud that the sand around me began to shake. But I remained firm on the bedrock and then I saw it. 
a tremendous barrel of water was surging over the horizon and pummeling towards the beach where I was standing. I could see not just one barrel, but many that subsequently followed the first. I then heard his voice a fourth time, stand still, brace for impact. I began to brace myself for its arrival, but not with the typical response for an incoming tsunami by either cowering or running away. Instead, I positioned my feet firmly on the bedrock and spread my arms wide. As I dug my feet in deep, I could feel water again and it began to spring up from the ground underneath me. It gushed up rapidly out of the bedrock like an underground waterfall that was bursting forth wildly. The water then surrounded me as a pool. As the mighty waves neared land, I was met with a sudden rush of wind. It was a ferocious wind, but strangely, it didn't push me over, but rather it surrounded me and whipped up a whirlpool in the pool of water I was now immersed in. As incredibly strong as it was, it was a joyful feeling. I felt like a child on a ride. Mere moments following the wind, the tsunami of water hit. But the pool of water that I was standing in was like a shield all around me. And as though it were alive, it surrounded me and carried me to the top of the wave, causing me to stand and ride atop the powerful breaker of water as it surged inland. As it tumbled towards the land, I watched as it engulfed mountains effortlessly and swallowed them completely. I looked down again and noticed countless thousands had been swept up in these waves. They were not drowning, but they were being carried upon the great and mighty waters. Allow me to break down this vision for you. I believe the ground shaking in this vision speaks of the time that we are currently in. This virus that is affecting the whole earth, it is not from the Lord. The shaking, however, I believe he is using it. He is using this time to shake off idols and things we once put our trust in, every last one of us. Anything that can be shaken has been shaken, but he is faithful to protect us through it. In the vision, it was very clear that I did not lose my footing. So take heart that while the shaking is necessary, he is with you. Though things around you may be shaken, as you remain standing firmly on the rock, Jesus, you will not lose your footing. Though the sand around you is being sifted, you will find yourself standing on the unshakable rock of our faithful Lord Jesus. The Lord is using this to remove the shaft and he is causing his remnant to arise amidst it all. This is a part of the shaking that will cause the fear of the Lord to be magnified in a holy way in this hour. I'm not speaking of fear of heart, but the awe and wonder of the Lord our God is being restored in this unprecedented moment in history. Amos 9.9 For behold, I am commanding, and I shall shake and sift the house of Israel among all nations and cause it to tremble. Like grain is shaken in a sieve, removing the shaft, but not a kernel of the faithful remnant shall fall to the ground and be lost from my sight, says the Lord. I believe we are also standing in this moment of watching the waters recede. There is a great exposure that is beginning to take place where evil underground plants are being surfaced for all to see. Plants that have been hidden in darkness, where there was a mighty suction that drew back all of the waters that once covered the bottom dwellers. 
I believe we are going to see an exposure of demonic agendas revealed for all the world to see. These demonic agendas will have no place to hide, but will be forced to run away in swift terror. I believe this is speaking of evil political plans against the President of the United States, those involved in hidden agendas of sex trafficking, also hidden agendas against the unborn, even agendas against the church. Crabs can represent strongholds, unclean things, and hidden cancers. Psalm 48 verse 5, They saw it, then they were amazed. Then they were stricken with terror. They fled in alarm. The next event that took place in the vision was the sound followed by the wind. I first heard an unusual sound that I was not familiar with. I believe this is speaking of a new sound of worship that is going to precede a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This worship is beginning to break forth even now all across the earth. I was led to study once again the story of Pentecost and found that a sound preceded the fire of the Holy Spirit. In the vision, as I positioned my feet steadily on the rock and spread my arms wide as though in surrender, I believe this is a picture of the Lord releasing a new sound through worship in this hour. As the body of Christ positions herself firmly on the rock and surrenders their all to Him, a new sound is going to break forth that will be heard and felt all across the earth, like a sonic boom that breaks the sound barriers. It will usher in the wind of His Holy Spirit that will cause the waves of revival to hit the earth one after the other. I keep hearing these words in my spirit from Numbers 21 verse 17. Here the Israelites sang this song, Spring up, O well, yes, sing its praises. I feel as though there are ancient wells of refreshing that the Lord is bursting forth through His people in this hour of awakening. I also feel that these ancient wells carry strategies and divine revelation for this hour in which we live. As you keep yourself firmly positioned on the rock, the well itself, the waters of the Holy Spirit, will burst forth up and out of you and will be to you as a wall and garrison around you. His rivers of living water are going to carry you and cause you to ride upon the waves of awakening that are on the horizons of the earth and are about to burst forth through into our natural realm. You will ride on these waves with authority, strategy and direction. His words brace for impact in this moment of the vision stood out to me. The definition for the word brace can mean make a structure stronger or firmer. Our worship is strengthening us as a whole and making us stronger and prepared for the incoming waves of awakening and revival. The fifth event that took place was the tsunami itself. As I rode atop the waves and watched as the mountains beneath me were effortlessly flattened and swallowed, I believe this speaks of a new and higher realm of authority that is coming to the body of Christ. Not only is it an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but we are about to step into a new realm of authority where strongholds that we've spent years praying into will break. They will be flattened in a moment in this coming hour. You will ride high atop the waves of the Holy Spirit and you do not need to fear these incoming waves. 
It is going to be a wild ride of excitement, so stand still, watch the horizon, and brace for what is about to come. The countless numbers of people that I saw, I believe, represent the protocols that will return to the Father in this hour's awakening. They will be swept up in this mighty movement and will be carried upon the rivers of His living water. God is moving mightily. The ground is ready and prepared. The harvest is ripe. Isaiah 41, 15 to 16. In fact, I have made of you a new, sharp threshing implement with sharp edges. You will thresh the mountains and crush them and make the hills like chaff. You will winnow them and the wind will carry them away and high wind will scatter them. But you will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory in the Holy One of Israel. I want to give you some divine prayer strategies and direction for the events that we currently face and the events that are to come. For this moment of shaking, Keep your feet firmly planted on Jesus the rock. Just as I felt the bedrock beneath my feet, be encouraged, you are the faithful remnant and the Lord will not allow you to be lost from his sight or fall to the ground. Keep in his word daily. For this moment of receding, when I saw the waters recede, I heard the Lord tell me to stand still, keep watch on the horizon. I believe this is speaking specifically to the watchmen in this hour, those that God has positioned as watchmen and guardians over the land. The Lord is speaking to you to declare the end from the beginning. Command those bottom dwellers to be exposed in the mighty name of Jesus. Speak to every unclean thing that its time of hiding is over and gone. Command those unclean strongholds to be unseated, unhoused and forced into the light and exposed in the light of the sun in Jesus' mighty name. Stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord. For this moment of worship and surrender to every son and daughter, this is a moment of setting yourself in a position to gaze upon the face of the beloved. I also feel this is a directive strategy to the worshippers and the psalmists in this hour. Before the sound came, I heard him say, Stand still and keep watch. I believe he's directing you to keep watch and listen for this new sound, unheard of before on the earth, but a sound that has been heard only in heaven up until this point. It is going to burst forth out of you in this moment. Pay attention to the lyrics and melodies that you will begin to hear and prepare to release these songs and sounds quickly. They are the sounds that will usher in this mighty outpouring. For the ancient wells, Stand still and brace for impact. This is the direction of firmly planting yourself on the word that the Lord has spoken over this moment. Bring to remembrance that which He has spoken and promised over you. Your surrender and worship through the shaking, your arms spread wide, will cause these wells of ancient living water to spring forth within, through you and around you. The Lord is positioning you, protecting you, and preparing you for amazing days ahead. For the incoming waves, it will be an effortless motion as you are swiftly pulled up on top of the waves, this mighty outpouring. But it will require surrender. Continue standing guard. Continue standing on the word. Continue worshipping and keeping watch as the Lord springs up ancient wells within you as he exposes wickedness to run in fear, 
and causes a mighty outpouring of His Spirit, cleansing and refreshing the tired and weary earth. Begin calling in the waves. Begin calling in the lost in your family who will be swept up in these waves. They will not be drowned by it, but carried upon it. The prodigals are coming home. The Holy Spirit is on the move and He is pouring forth His Spirit in this moment, in this hour, and He's looking for a people who will respond. Let it be you. The Waymaker is on the move. The Waymaker is on the move. I mean, we could just stop right there, right? That just makes me cry when I think about it. You know, Chris and I, <laughs> I told him, I said, I can't, listen, I've, I've, I've unsubscribed from all my mainstream media, like my New York Times, my Washington Post. I had all the like little alerts come to my email account, and I totally unsubscribed from that because I'm like, I can't read that anymore. Um, I told Chris, I said, before we do anything in the morning, before we watch the news or do anything, we've got to like fill ourselves up with the Lord. And so we are watching, um, we try to watch like somebody speak in the morning, like a Bible study or get on YouTube and listen to a sermon or something like that. And then we pray about it afterwards. But it's just a way to fill ourselves with what God is doing on the earth and not looking at what Satan is doing on the earth right now. So I just want to talk about that a little bit because I think it's real important, you guys, that we have eyes to see what's going on right now and we don't miss it. We don't want to miss it. We want to partner with the Lord, right? We want to take the promised land. But to take the promised land, we're going to have to actually see what God is doing. Instead of seeing the giants in the land, we have to say, wait a minute, the land is flowing with milk and honey and with our Lord, we can conquer the land. We can either be the, the 10 spies that came back with a bad report, or we can be the two spies that said, wait a minute, our God is bigger than those giants, and we're going to go forth and take the land. So we have a decision to make, and I just want to kind of unpack. Did you guys like that spoken word? Was that, who's heard that before? I sent it to a bunch of you guys. But listen, that's something we could listen to every day. It's so good. In fact, I think I need to listen to it every day, so I remind myself. I want to talk a little bit about what Kairos is. We've, we've been saying this is a Kairos moment. This is a Kairos moment. What does that mean? Kairos in the ancient Greek means the right, critical, or opportune moment. The ancient Greeks had two works for time, chronos and kairos. The former refers to chronological or sequential time, while the latter signifies a proper or opportune time for action. So kairos is a... Um, an event that happens at the right time, right? It's, a, it's not just, well, it's 5 o'clock, time to do, time to have supper. It's actually the right time for something. We are in a kairos moment with the Lord. And here's the thing about a kairos moment with the Lord. Like the Lord's going to move with or without us. We can either be with him or we can get out of his way. And I'm going to be with him. I don't know about you guys. I'm going where the Lord is going. I'm going to be on the Lord's side. I want you to be with me. I believe that he is inviting us into the one most powerful events in our time. And we, I'm just excited to be part of it. I'm excited to be part of what God is doing on this earth and to see, I want, I've got prodigals. I want to come home. I got some prodigals and I got some generational curses. I need to go in the name of Jesus. And I can't wait to stand up here and tell you about it. I can't wait to see what God's going to do 
in this time, you guys. I want to talk a little bit about the examples of Kairos in the Bible. There's Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 15. Every, you see in the notes, I bolded the word time. That word is Kairos in the Greek. Every time that's reported in the New Testament, it's using the word Kairos, not Kronos, Kairos. So that's an important event in time. And it says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Part of Kairos requires conversion. You actually have to repent and convert. That means you have to see what's going on and turn away to something else. God is calling this world into a Kairos moment to repent and convert and to be saved. It is a moment of salvation for so many lost people. In Luke 12, 54 through 56, he said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know to interpret this present kairos, this present time? This has to do with interpretation. We need to be able to interpret. Kairos is extraordinary timing requiring interpretation. The capacity to read the signs of the time. We need to exercise discernment and understand what's going on. Are we going to see what the enemy is doing in the earth? Are we going to discern and interpret what God is doing in the earth right now? Luke 19, 44. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Kairos is a dangerous time. We need to recognize it. For if you allow it to pass, the loss will be immeasurable. There is a burden of responsibility tied up in the recognition of Kairos. God is inviting us into this Kairos moment. We do not want to let it pass us by without taking responsibility for it, without partnering with him. Romans, 1, Romans 13, 11 through 13, and do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Kairos time is here. It calls for action, conversion, and transformation. God is calling the world to a transformative time. He's saying, I want you to repent and turn from what you have seen here and come and follow me. I want you to turn from your wicked ways. I want you to turn from your wandering ways, the way that the prodigal son, I want you to come out of the pig pen. I want you to repent and I want you to come back to me. And God is calling all those people to himself. And yet we are responsible to be part of it. We are his co-redeemers in the earth. He has called us to a great responsibility and we need to respond to it. That's what I believe. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 2, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain for he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Kairos is not just a crisis, but it's an opportunity. 
and favor. God assists us in discerning the kairos, a moment of grace. The other thing is kairos is God's favor, not only on us, but on the lost of this world. It is a time of favor. He loves this world. The scripture says he desires that none should perish, but all should be saved. And this is where I get a little bit um, murked up in my Calvinism and in my Arminianism, right? Because there is a doctrine that says that we cannot believe God, that he calls all people to himself and we can't even choose him. And then there's a doctrine that says we all have a choice for God and we can choose or reject God. And we're in a Kairos moment, you guys where I believe God is calling people to himself and they're going to be irresistibly drawn to him so much whereas they cannot even say no. And that's kind of right in the middle ground. We call it Calminianism. It's right in the middle of ground where on one side it's God drawing all men to himself, all people to himself. On the other side, it's us responding out of an irresistible response to the grace that God's pouring out on this earth. So I think that's exciting because that's a mystery It's a mystery of salvation, and yet it's God's favor on humanity. He desires that none should be lost. He wants everyone to respond. So just kind of unpacking what wasn't, um, wasn't that an interesting, didn't you love that girl's accent? Didn't it seem so absolutely cool? I do believe God is shaking the earth, but for his glory. Not as a punishment, not as... um, you know, as a father, not, a, not out of a discipline or a, a, an evil intent, it's out of a good intent. He wants to shake, like she calls it, the chaff, the chaff away from us. What have we clung to that is idolatrous in our lives? He wants to shake that away from us and get our eyes focused on what he's doing. He's doing a great and mighty thing, thing and he doesn't want us to miss it. Um, Chris has a kairos on your arm. Show, people, show the people your kairos, your tattoo. No, you don't. Just, just show, your, show your super cool arm. That's actual, uh, the Greek word, Cairo, the symbol for Kairos. That's what um, Charlemagne, was it Charlemagne? Was it Char- no, not Charlemagne. Who was it? It was one of the um, Roman empires had all his, um, yeah, <laughs> had all his soldiers put that on their shield when they went into battle. But it's, a, it's, the, it's the Greek uh, symbol for Kairos. Isn't that kind of cool? I think one of the number one things that's happening right now, you guys, and we have seen it, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. It's coronavirus, then it's riots, and it's all kinds of, you know, Antifa and crazy stuff. Chris told me that he wants to drive to Seattle and take care of things. Right, babe? Did I say that? He's looking, and I asked him, please don't do that. I don't want you going up there. I don't know if he could control himself when, if he went up there. But what I think is, I think what we're seeing right now, you guys, is a revelation of the enemy's agenda. I believe the enemy has an agenda. Remember, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It is really hard to remember that we do not war against people because people are what we see. People are the things in front of us with skin on. But it is actually the powers and the principalities that are motivating the people, that are deceiving the people. We have to remember to keep our love on to the people and war against the powers and principalities. I think there's two ways to look at, if you can remember this, there's kind of two figures or two metaphors for the evil, the agenda that's going on right now. One of them is, think about a snake. 
A snake was what the enemy used in the Garden of Eden. And the snake deceived people and entrapped them and actually um, had them give up their divine identity and their divine authority. The snake deceived them so much they willingly handed the keys of their authority over to the enemy. That was, that's a picture of what's going on right now personally with people. They're being deceived about what they see in the world. The snakes are twining around their legs and telling them lies and giving them, making them or tricking them into giving over their authority to the enemy. That's a personal attack that people are experiencing right now. Personal deception about all kinds of things. Finances, health, the stability of our country, for pity's sake, right? Our pol political um, plays and lies and, and the media, everything is coming at us as snakes wanting to deceive and entwine and, and trip us up. That's one picture of the demonic agenda going on. The second picture, I want you to imagine this, is a dragon in the sky, a dragon who breathes fire. And the purpose of the dragon is to completely change the atmosphere of the whole world. The purpose is to change, put nation against nation. It is, think of the word pandemic. It's the idea of changing every single atmospheric condition in our world, spiritual condition, not just in America, not just in the Western world, but the whole world. To pit nation against nation, China against America, you know, different nations um, blaming each other for different things. That's the, that's the bigger agenda, is the idea of the dragon wants to come and spread propaganda, pit people, pit races against each other, pit the sexes against each other, pit the nations against each other. It's the agenda to blur our atmosphere and to come against what the Holy Spirit is doing in our land. It is a bigger agenda than the snakes. They're both there. One's personal, but one is global. One is a pandemic kind of agenda. You know, one of the main tools of the dragon, believe it or not, is mainstream media and social media. The dragon also wants to piggyback on what God really wants to do with justice. God cares about justice. God cares about injustice and how people have been oppressed and how there has been um, persecution for the color of your skin. God cares about that. That's a legitimate issue for the Lord. What the dragon wants to do, what the enemy wants to do is piggyback on that and say, take the solution into your own hand and don't follow the Holy Spirit. That's what the enemy wants to do is say, okay, that's a legit um, issue. Now take it into your own hands. Do your own thing. Riot, chaos, anarchy. Pit people against, pit the races against each other. That's what the dragon is trying to do. Remove God from the solution and say, guess what? Human beings are the solution. I'm going to walk a very fine line here right now. There's a lot of conspiracies out out right now, right? There's Bill Gates, there's um, where the coronavirus come from, there's um, all these different kinds of radical conspiracies. I don't know what's true and what's not true. I really don't. But I want to tell you, one of the biggest threats that we have is the insidious 
threat that we can solve the problems of this world without the Lord. That technology is the answer, or vaccines are the answer, or uh, a particular medical therapy is the answer, or a particular type of um, social activity is the answer. I just want you to know, anything that comes from the brain of humanity outside of the leading of the Holy Spirit is a dangerous place for us to be. And I'm not trying to fuel conspiracy, okay? I'm not trying to say one conspiracy is right and one conspiracy isn't. But what I am trying to say is you need to test everything with the Holy Spirit. You need to take the Holy Spirit, use him to test what people are saying. And if it's coming from a person who does not, not led by the Holy Spirit, you need to really test that. You need to test it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it can't be good. I'm saying you need to test it. The second thing that's going to happen right now during this Kairos time, not only is the um, agenda of the enemy going to be exposed, we're starting to see it be exposed already, right? The second is we're going to see a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit, such as like I think we have never seen before. We are going to get to participate in a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But in order for us to do that, we have to position ourselves on the rock, on the bedrock, and not on the sand. you remember that story? Therefore, any, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the steam streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. I think I, there was some kind of like children's song or something like that about the wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Anyone know that song? Remember it? Remember that? If we're going to experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, our eyes cannot be focused on our foundation, especially when our foundation is weak. Is the time is now is to strengthen our foundation because I'm telling you, we probably haven't seen the end of this shaking. We probably haven't seen the end of it. We probably haven't seen the end of it. So we need our rock to be, our foundation to be rock solid. Now is the time to get your house in order, to make sure that your foundation is not on idols, make sure your foundation is not on what we see in the natural, but our foundation is on the Lord. That is how we are going to participate in the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit because we'll have eyes to see what he's doing. Instead of looking at the shaking and looking at our foundation, we're going to be like, man, our foundation is strong. We can watch the horizon and watch the waves come in because we're not looking down, we're looking up. Get your foundation straight. Get it rock solid. The other thing we're going to do, we need to do if we're going to participate with a mighty outpouring is we've got to surrender ourselves to him and prepare. There's a, there's a story. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil jars in their lamps the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. This is another picture of being prepared, of making sure your foundation is strengthened. Be prepared. 
watch and be ready. Do not be distracted by the things of the world and don't grow complacent. It's the idea of not being complacent, of actually pursuing the picture of what God's doing and looking for it, eagerly looking for the return of the bridegroom, eagerly looking for what the Holy Spirit is doing and not becoming complacent and just doing our own thing. We're in a great time. We're in a Kairos time, and we have to, we have, to have our eyes open to see what's coming. And then the third thing that's going to happen, you guys, is waves of revival. I believe, like the story of Esther, you know, my whole, I think my whole life, but maybe more in my adult life, but for a long, long time, I've been a prepper. I've been somebody who, um, you know, stores up food and water and medical supplies, and Chris stores up ammunition, and we've always had this idea of preparing for a disaster so that we can withstand the disaster and also minister to people that maybe were not prepared. That's always been kind of a inner DNA that I was born with, if you will. I don't believe, I don't believe that that's an accident. I don't believe that I was put in this time, in this Kairos moment, in this place, with this personality by accident. I think we were all placed here on purpose at this time. I believe in this moment, we are all Esther's we are all Esther's in our culture, and we all stand. We were born for such a time as this, and we all stand as saviors for our culture. And God has given us a strategy, and he's given us favor in this time. You were born for such a time as this. You were born, you were born, you were born. All of you were born for such a time as this. And God is giving you a strategy, and he's giving you favor so that you may not only deliver your people, the people given to you, but defeat your enemy. If you remember the story of Esther, um, she was married to an evil king. I mean, I should say pagan king. He was probably evil. He was not um, an Israelite. He was not a, of her own culture. She had been probably kind of forced married to him in a way. She didn't really have a choice. And she had a... Um, an enemy named Haman. He hated her uncle and therefore hated her race. Kind of sounds familiar right now, doesn't it? Hated her people, the Jewish people. And so he convinced her husband to write an edict that said on such and such a date, we are going to rise up and kill all the Jewish people in the land of Persia. Now her husband, the king, didn't know she was Jewish, didn't know he had decreed a death sentence over her, and she didn't know what to do because in that culture. You didn't approach the king unless he called for you. He had many, many wives. She happened to be a favorite at that time, but you didn't go to the king and say, hey, by the way, do you know that the edict that you just published is going to kill me and my family? Could you just, you know, nullify that? The other thing is, it's an edict, and once he signed it, he couldn't go back on it because he was the absolute authority. He couldn't second guess himself. So she was kind of in a pickle. She didn't know what to do. She didn't want to reveal that she was a Jewish woman, she didn't want to approach the king without him calling her. She didn't want her people to die. She felt like she was in a pickle. But God gave her a divine strategy. She called all her people and she said, pray and fast for three days. Pray and fast for three days and then I'm going to approach the king. And that's you guys. You're an Esther. God is giving you a strategy to come and deliver your people and to defeat your enemy. She, long story short, she approached the king she said, this is what 
my enemy Haman has convinced you to do. <laughs> the king said, okay, I can't reverse my edict, but what I'll do is I will actually add another edict that says the Jews can rise up and protect themselves when they're attacked, which would, event, would, you know, theor- would practically nullify the attack in general. And not only that, he took her enemy and hung him on the gallows he had prepared, the end of her enemy had prepared for her uncle. So not only did she deliver her people, she defeated her enemy. So I'm telling you right now, God is calling us to deliver our people and also defeat our enemy. We were born for such a time as this. This is our time. Your DNA is needed. Your participation is needed. You are an Esther in your generation. I believe strongholds are being broken. The enemy that has come against us has been and is being defeated. I love the scripture. This is Exodus 14, 13. This is Moses talking to the people of Israel. They're standing before the Red Sea, before it's being parted. And behind them, they see all the Egyptians racing towards them. Do you guys watch the... uh, Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. That's the best scene ever. Pharaoh gets mad and he says, go get those Israelites. And he calls up his his army and his chariots and starts racing after the people. And the people are standing in front of the Red Sea and they don't know what to do. They can't go forward. They can't go back. And they're scared to death. And Moses says to them, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. One of the strategies that God is calling us to in this Kairos time is to stand and to stand firm and to not let our feet be swirled around with snakes and deception and fear, to build our house and our foundation on a rock and to stand and to stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord is going to bring today. You know that, um, you guys know my story. You know what I've been through. You know all, Jay especially knows my story. I have prodigals in my family. I have prodigals in my family. This is the year I'm calling my prodigals home. This is the year I partner with the Lord and I say, God, I am standing with you for my prodigals to come home, to repent and come home. And I'm telling you, there's prodigals probably in your family, and I want you to start standing for them. And I want you to start calling them in. And I believe not only prodigals, but there's all kinds of things that God is calling us to break and to partner with. I'm just going to name a couple of them here. Generational curses. A lot of you have families that might have some generational curses in them. Like fear. Passivity, um, spirit of poverty, all different kinds of generational curses that have been passed down from person to person to person to person. This is the Kairos time where that's going to stop. And you're going to be the people that partner with the Lord to put an end to it. You're going to be the Esther that brings defeat to the enemy of your family. You are going to be the people that rise up with the strategy and the courage to say, no more. I cut this off right now in the name of Jesus. There's other things that I believe that God is 
He is commanding the hidden to come to light and for all unclean, evil things to be exposed. Especially in our world, especially in our country and in our culture, sexual trafficking is being exposed, fear, racial and sexual bigotry and discrimination, chaos, anarchy, political games, and abortion. I believe the Lord is pulling back the curtain or pulling back the veil on everything that has gone on in our world, especially our country, and he's shaking it. He's saying, I want you to see now the underbelly of what is here, and I want you to stand up against it, and I want you to call unclean things unclean, and I want you to expose the enemy and not to be afraid of that, not to be afraid of exposing the evil agendas of the enemy. We are called to stand and take authority. And I finally, I just want to wrap up. We are not victims of this world. We are overcomers. We are servants and children of the Lord. God is protecting you, positioning you, and preparing you. We have an awesome, awesome opportunity, if we will take hold of it, to partner with God in this Kairos time. You guys, I want, before we pray, I want you to do something for me. I hope you were filling in your blanks there. Do you like my little blanks that I made for you guys? I would like for you to identify on your little piece of paper prodigals or generational curses or whatever unclean thing that you are called, you in particular are called to pray and war against, take authority against. I want you to take just two seconds and do that. And you guys know what it is. You know what you've been born with. You know what is on your heart. You know what needs to be broken. Cinda does. Cinda's got it. Write it down. And I'm going to pray for us. Lord Jesus, I call all the prodigals in, Father God. Every prodigal that has left, I call healing in, Father God. I call breakthrough, Father God. I call justice to be released. Lord, I pray justice that would be released in this room right now for every single person in this room. There would be provision poured out for the people that need provision, Lord. That doors of favor and opportunity would open, Lord. Discernment, interpretation, God, I pray that you would release your Esther anointing over every single one of us. That we would stand for the people in our family, the people in our, in our places of influence, the people that you have called us to, that we would stand and bring the deliverance of the Lord. God, that we would partner with you, that we have eyes to see what you're doing. God, bring it and bring it all. Bring it all, Lord. Don't leave anyone out, God. I thank you so much that you love this world. You love this world. You are shaking this world because you love this world and you want to see this world redeemed and saved and transformed. God, we say yes and amen and we say let it be. Let it be, let it be. We partner, we agree. Let us be your vessels, Lord. Your vessels, Lord, that would do what you've called us to do, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.